Have you ever met someone you would put into the category of religious? It often feels like when we lean toward religion rather than God's intention of relationship, not only do we misrepresent what he's calling us into, we miss out on a better way. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that God is far better than we can even imagine. The question to ask yourself today is, do I enjoy God? If you have ever missed the relationship for the rules, then today's episode of The Father Pursuit is for you. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Thanks for joining us on the Father Pursuit Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I am here with Brian Elliott, the co-founder of M46 Ministries. Brian, it's good to be here with you today. Nice to be back again, Matt. Yes. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today uh, in this first season of the podcast is really coming from your book that's coming out called More Than Gold. Now, I know your heart, and this isn't meant to be a constant advertisement so you can make some more gold yourself. Your intention would really be, if you could, just to give this away. Um, what you really want to accomplish through this podcast, through the book, is really to help people get back to the heart of God. And today we're going to focus in on relationship with Him, not religion. Why is this topic so important? Well, I know growing up, um, you know, in the Baptist church, that, you know, I only understood, like, from a knowledge standpoint, um, and I really, I felt a lot of guilt at times too. And I mean, guilt isn't, I shouldn't say guilt because guilt isn't, uh, I mean, that's a, a conviction is a healthy response, right? When we, when we're not operating in the ways of God, but it's religion really, it, and it gets icky when it becomes our attempt to approach God in our own strength. I think that's the big difference that it, it really, it's a form of godliness. So it's a counterfeit and there's no power to it. So you know, most of my life uh, until I truly made Jesus Lord. And, and then even after that, like I had to, to really press through some ugly religious chains. And uh, so I'm really excited about this topic. You've said this a couple of times, and so I just want to lean in a little bit, but you said, until I made Jesus Lord, um, and you have this kind of, there is a moment of transformation for you. Um, would you really say that that moved from uh, religion to relationship, or maybe you weren't even religious at all and really just moved to that relationship for you? Well, you know, I did not consider myself religious at all, but when I look at it, um, before I made Jesus Lord, I had a high degree of self-righteousness, right? And when you think of religion, right, we're trying to do things in our own strength and we, you know, it's, it's exhausting because like we are the problem, so we cannot be the solution to our own problem. And, so I found that, and then when I did make Jesus Lord, like 
religion didn't just go away because, you know, there was still a process that I had to go through and I had to begin to, to experience God differently. And I mean, you have to experience relationship. You can't just say, you know, it's, it's all about relationship and not religion. There's, there's an experience that you have to be able to move into, to be able to speak about it. And I had no grid for that whatsoever. Yeah. A lot of it really comes down to what our perception of God is and who he is. Right. And so I, I forget who said this, but you know, what we think about God is probably most important about us. Right. So where do we get that wrong? Um, what do we think about God and, and how is that maybe even the before and after for you, um, where, how that changed and how does that change? Where, where I get it wrong is I, I, I did really think that there was a performance piece to it. And I thought that, um, I saw God as, you know, I had to, to earn or be good enough. And, and I was also blind and I thought it was, I was plenty good enough, uh, the way I was. And, and what's amazing is when you give your life to the Lord totally, and you begin to, you now again, a process of surrender, but then the Lord begins to open your eyes and you begin to see really the, 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 the bondage of religion that it, it has a hard time accepting the beauty of grace, like God's grace and mercy. So, so mercy is God, you know, holding back what we do deserve and grace is getting what we don't deserve. So that, that's a, that's a totally different grid, right? And it, um, and it, it removes us totally from our own strength because grace itself is by faith alone. And so it's, so no man can boast and we are all 100% disqualified from salvation. That's, that's through our faith in Jesus alone. We can't add to it. And religion in a way attempts to add to the cross as if Jesus sacrifice was not enough. And, um, and that's a real easy thing to get into because so often what religion tries to do, it, it confuses and blends in our identity and our behavior. Whereas God says, no, no, no. Like, you know, your identity, he speaks it over us very clearly who we are and, uh, and our behavior, you know, that's going to be something that's going to begin to change over time as we journey with God. So if we look at religion, it's an outside in, we're attempting to do a, a kind of an inverse transformation of what the spirit of grace does within us, which is an inside out transformation. It's anything that we want to add to the cross that we do in our own effort that really gets us off on the wrong path. Um, I, I remember my mentor, he told me uh, about this time, he, he got uh, frozen yogurt uh, when, when he was up at Regent University, which is up in your neck of the woods up there in Canada, uh, but not your neck of the woods, huh? that's the other side of the country over there in Regent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. So that's, I think this is the West Coast. But uh, he's, he's up there at Regent and he's with uh, theologian James Houston and uh, they're getting yogurt. And, uh, he said, he just sat there and, and he looked at this man who has, uh, studied deep, you know, theologian, this guy's written tons and tons of books on, you know, who is God and, and these deep, you know, streams of our hearts. And he just said, like, he, he looked at him and he asked the question, what is God like? And he said, this old man, James Houston smiles and looks at him and he says, He's beyond your wildest imagination. Wow. And that's not, that's not the answer of uh, a religious person. <laughs> that is the answer of somebody who is in relationship with Jesus, right? Totally. One of the things that you said in the book uh, was that it said, I attended a conference once where a Christian leader shared a word from the Lord. And he said, the Lord 
wants you to sit on his lap and he wants to tickle you. And you said half of the room broke out into laughter and the other half turned sour and judgmental. Tell me more about this. <laughs> It was funny because the, uh, and, and what this speaker later revealed is, uh, afterwards is he, he said, I actually did that to, uh, to, uh, to really hit into the religious spirit. He said, because it's so obvious when it's operating, because when you look at the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit. Right. And so the kingdom of God is, is one of celebration and laughter and, and peace. And, and so our God is a, he's a joyous God, right? He sits on his thrones and he laughs at the scheme of the enemy, right? So even when the enemy's operating, he's not threatened in any way, shape or form. Like he's, he is sovereign. He is, he, he is just, he, again, indescribable. So, um, so when we look at the, the spirit of religion, it's an attempting to counterfeit the real thing. And I think whenever you find yourself becoming exhausted, tired, uh, you know, feeling that you have to do all these things and your motivation is not love and your motivation is to earn, right. That's, uh, and I think that, that, uh, that little poke that this speaker gave, it was, uh, I mean, it, it really was revealing just, just watching the audience and it just shows that religion, like that counterfeit, that Satan's attempt to steal, the beautiful things that God has given us. Like grace is so simple in the truth of our new creation life that his righteousness is now ours once and for all. I think when we understand that when our heavenly father looks at us, he sees us through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. So he sees us not as we see ourselves. He sees us entirely differently. I almost need permission to be able to believe something like that. And maybe that's why we call it the good news, but it, we, there is like this resistance that like, is it really okay to think about God like that? Because we've been just trained, I think, to, to fear him. We've been trained to, and, and there's obviously there's a, a fear of the Lord that is, is a good fear, but we, we miss out a lot because I think that we are, are too busy following the rules. One of those groups of people that you see throughout scripture uh, are the Pharisees. Uh, what, what was that relationship like? Like, you know, Jesus is coming through and he's spending his time with technically all the bad guys, right? Like exactly. the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors. Um, and, and then you have this crowd that is always looking in uh, saying, no, 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 this is not how it works. Where, where were the Pharisees getting it wrong? And what was Jesus's response to that? Well, it's interesting because the, you know, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, right? The, the law, they were, uh, obviously incredibly well-versed in the, in the law. They, they were filled with knowledge of God, but they did not know God. Their hearts were far from him. So if you look at the gospel, if the gospel is only shared as truth, it's actually religious. But when truth and love come together, you've got the beautiful gospel of grace and you begin to move in the fullness of, of all that God has for us. And, and love is the centerpiece of God's kingdom and is, it, it is who he is. It's his essence, his character. That, and what happens is when we get into doctrine, then it becomes very divisive without love. So what we saw were the Pharisees, right? And then we even see it in the you know 40,000 denominations that a friend of mine was telling me about um, some of the early 
forefathers in the church back in the you know 100 to 400 AD, and they were really trying to get clear on doctrine. And there was like 10,000 pages of doctrine, and then it was then it was boiled down to somewhere around uh, 700 topics that were a little bit more condensed. And um, and he read through this all, and he only saw I think it was four mentions of the 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 new command that Jesus gives us to love. So what happens is the and what we've experienced too in the in the in the the Christian faith is so much division. And but if love is the epicenter and love is that umbrella with which everything is seen through, then we begin to uh, move away from the rules, the judgment, you know, the performance, and the earning. And you you move into the extravagant gospel of grace, and that's the good news of God's love. And you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Like He and for the joy set before Him, Jesus endured the cross. And it's just when we look at the you know the difference between you know the letter of the law. I mean, it says the the Bible says the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit pours out life. So we have these two options and, and Satan desperately wants to pull us into that. I love that comparison. I love this, this tension that we sit in. And, you know, one of those things that I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have looked at all these things that I invested. I spent all of my time uh, in all of the wrong things. And I, I think that that's sometimes where we're, we end up as, as believers, as followers of Jesus is in this discipleship journey is that we're, we're so intent on on following the law that we've missed uh, what it is that he is trying to invite us into. I remember uh, the confession here, but uh, when I was younger, I used to play clarinet and I used to have uh, this teacher who was a real taskmaster and he, you know, there's all these things you had to focus on. There's like a thousand buttons on a clarinet and your, your lips and your jaw and your chin and everything had to be in a certain thing and you had to breathe, but you didn't breathe from your shoulders. You had to breathe from your gut. And by the time, like I, I was trying to follow all of these things that he told me, he said, all right, now go blow. And I did. And like, just kind of squawked. It sounded like mm-hmm. a dying duck. Um, but that it, it, it's a little bit of what it feels like sometimes when we're trying to just like stick to all of these rules instead of like Jesus saying, my burden is light. You get this picture of the Pharisees that are, are going through all, all of these steps and the laws and they, they, you know, this is what, um, and I can say this as a Jew, uh, that we've built fences around the law. We, we, we don't want to break the law. So we have a fence that goes around that. And then we have another fence that goes around that. And so over time, we've created so many laws and so many things. You go to Israel today. I know you're going to Israel pretty soon. Um, you know, there, there are so many things we have to ask these questions. Can you use a cell phone on the Sabbath? Right? Mm-hmm. These are the things that the rabbis talk about today. Um, but Jesus comes after them and he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, right? He keeps going through Matthew 23. He's just over and over again. Um, he's saying, you guys are missing it. You're missing it. Do you see this with like, how, how are we as Christians missing it? Well, the, uh, what inspired my book actually is freedom. And, uh, you know, why are so few people on the earth living in freedom and, and why is bondage so prevalent? And, you know, there's lots of, uh, you know, you know, the truth and the truth will set you free and who the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and I was perplexed that, you know, why are so many people in the church, myself included, like, why was there so much bondage? And, um, 
and you know, the spirit of religion is a, is a big one. I mean, that's the, um, and it, it, it's, it's something that is not, I don't think it's talked about enough. And, you know, when we move past that piece, the, like the, the, uh, the freedom available to us, it's, it's absolutely wild. And I actually heard one time the, uh, uh, it was a, I can't remember where I heard it, but they were speaking on the spirit of religion and Christians stuck in that, um, are like imprisoned royalty that, you know, that God gave, uh, his son so that we could have everything that we would be co-heirs with Jesus and heirs with God. And, you know, as his ecclesia, which are, you know, his, his governing body on the earth, like he gave us just, he gave us the government of God, like to, to, to rule and reign on behalf of the King, according to the King's rules on earth. And so operating in the spirit of religion just takes all that, uh, all that greatness and all of the, the power that we're meant to operate in, in great humility as well. I mean, Jesus was the model for that. And I also think of it as I heard a story one time um, during wartime that this general was imprisoned in enemy territory. And um, even though he was a general, he was in a jail and the war was over. The general side had won, but nobody had communicated to him. So he's sitting in a in a uh, in a cell, still acting like a total prisoner, right? So when when you think of the you know what Jesus has given to us, right? It's it's incredible freedom. Like his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Like it's you know that feeling of not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not lovable. Like he he put an end to all that. Now there's I mean there's some renewing of our mind required to and revelation to allow all these truths to, to really fit in and to sink in to the depth of our spirit. But it's, it's incredible freedom we have access to. Yeah. I love that picture of imprisoned royalty. You know, maybe a, a, a litmus test of, are you living in that prison yourself? Uh, you, you do list out some questions you say, and, and this is a good thing for us to just maybe take stock of our own lives, but ask yourself, do you feel like you will be punished if you make a mistake? Do you struggle to believe God is infinitely good and loves and accepts you unconditionally? Do you feel like you're falling short? Are you stuck or chained to the past? Are you a Christian and do not experience peace, joy, and freedom from a relationship with Jesus? Are you insecure and fearful? Does faith feel like a burden? I mean, some of those, like even just off the, the top of my head and my heart, I'm just thinking like, I still have work to do. Obviously, we all have work to do. Um, but that that spirit of religion, it is that man's attempt to approach God in his own strength and performance. And it is one of those things that how do we actually um, get through that? Well, there it's it's allowing Jesus to come in, unlock the door, and be able to go in and say, uh, hey, you are actually free. The war is over. Well, it's so funny. You're right. We have to be on guard for this because it can actually creep up on us at any time. Like I felt myself and I have gone into, you know, some aspects of religion. And, you know, that's when I, when I really have to, when I find I'm not able to rest or if I'm over spiritualizing things, or if I have a hard time hearing God's voice, or if I really find myself dwelling on right or wrong, or if I feel, you know, offense or judgment begin to come into my heart and, you know, things like that. Those are all little triggers to say, okay, what's going on and to look within. I remember Bryn, um, 
you know, she came from a pretty rough background with drugs and, you know, hanging out with gang members and kind of living pretty wild for uh, a period of time. And she experienced a, you know, a, a pretty radical transformation fairly rapidly. I mean, it was still a process, but um, it was accelerated for sure. And she, after about a year, went right into the spirit of religion. And she was like, Dad, I thought I was the last person ever, right? They would get stuck in this religious mindset. But it's it's so easy because what she found was that her joy began to seep out, right? Her, her wanting to spend time with God began to become more of a grind than it was a, a, an honor and a privilege. And like she got up, you know, most times she would get up and be so excited to journal with God and just hear his voice and and to just experience him throughout the day. And it actually deadened everything. And uh, it was funny too, because she started to judge me on a few things and like really, really the letter of the law. And it was interesting. And then when uh, she was actually speaking with uh, a, uh, a great mentor of hers, who is actually heads her prayer team, Chantel, and Chantel gave her the gospel of grace. She is just an incredible grace speaker. And and Bryn came back in and she had this revelation of the gospel and she was running around the house screaming, dad, dad. She goes, grace, I get it. Oh my gosh, I can't. Like, and so the the Lord used uh, Chantel really to just to share the gospel of grace with Bryn again. And that spirit of religion actually fell away. And Bryn was, uh, she was free. And then she, she called a friend of hers who is, uh, she's judged quite a bit because she operates in great freedom. And the two of them went and they did this kind of live broadcast together talking about religion and grace, and they were both just on fire. So yeah, I've seen it. It's crept into my life, my daughter's life. I've seen it operating in my company. I've seen it uh, I've seen it everywhere. Yeah, it's something to be watchful for. I'm, the, the same guy I talked about at, over at Regent, James Houston, I remember him telling a story. He said, you know, we, we, we misjudge uh, the goodness and the grace of God. And he tells this story of a, a little kid uh, that saves up money. He, what he wants more than anything else is he wants a, a dog. He has his heart set on this dog that he saw. And so he works and he mows lawns and washes windows and bags, leaves, and all these things. And he's saving everything he possibly can. And let's just say that the dog uh, costs a hundred bucks. And after all of that effort, after all of that work, he gets 40 bucks. Well, I, I think what we've been taught is that grace steps in and says, oh, you got 40. I'm going to give you 60 more so that you can get that dog. And James Houston says, no, no, no. grace is not that you, you've you made it this far. You got the 40 and I'm going to kick in the 60. He says, grace is you kick your sister and you still get the dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's really like, but that's the unbelievable. Like, could it actually be that good? And that's, that's the thing that we, it just, the goodness and the grace of God Inviting us into that relationship feels too good to be true. Well, I have a friend that, that calls it the the scandalous gospel yes, of grace yes. <laughs> because because it it does blow our mind and it's meant to blow our mind. I mean, when you think about it, like we deserve nothing, you know, and we were destined for eternity separate from God. And to think that God came to because God gave earth gave man dominion over the earth, we lost it in the fall. And so God had to come as fully man and fully God and live a sinless life and, and go through what he went through, just, just horrific death and, um, and incredible sacrifice so that, and just imagine, and he also in his goodness and mercy, every person on the earth has a, an, enough faith for salvation, enough faith to, to make the choice. 
And so just think about it, that seed of faith that he has already given us, we exercise that uh, by faith, right, to receive the grace of God and eternal salvation. It, it, it is mind-boggling. I mean, it's uh, it, it's such an incredible gift of love from our Father, and it just speaks so much. So it's, I, I think it's important, too, that you know, that everybody, we talked a bit about this on the last podcast, that everybody comes into the world as an orphan, right? And, uh, and you know, religious systems can really only produce orphans because they're dependent on themselves. But but orphans are predisposed, right, to acting out of that religious experience because they're not capable of receiving that full acceptance, which is sonship. So which, which we're going to talk about, I know, in a future podcast, but it's um, but it's 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 a real dilemma. And that faith of God, like when you look at all of theology, right, the whole aspect of it is really to know God. Like that's the, and then once we know God, it takes us on a journey. And that's one aspect of really where we get to know him. But that faith, though, I think it's so beautiful that that when we activate that faith, right? That, you know, we, we know that faith without works is dead, but those works are motivated by love because faith expresses itself through love. And ultimately the, the gospel is love, right? The gift of grace is out of the love of God. The, you know, the government of God is love. God is love. So everything keeps coming back to the center point of the faith. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap here, but there's a quote from the book that uh, by William Booth that has been rocking me ever since I, I read it. It says this, the chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without repentance, salvation without gen- regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Wow. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. How do we that packs a lot? How do we get ourselves as as a people out of this mindset? I think it's the um, I think at the very beginning of his quote, "Religion without Holy Spirit," because when we accepted Jesus, we get to receive the Holy Spirit, and it's it's by the power of the Holy Spirit working within us that transformation occurs. He's the Spirit of Truth. He's our Comforter. He's a person, and uh, the Holy Spirit allows us to experience our Heavenly Father. And he allows us to experience Jesus. So I think the the whole key here is, um, is the Holy Spirit within us, right? Because that's totally counter to that whole religious spirit. And I remember Jesus said that the enemy uh, has, he has all authority because the enemy has nothing in him, nothing in common with him. And that's the true of the Holy Spirit. So as the Holy Spirit begins to possess us and, and the fruit of the Spirit, begins to emerge of love and peace and joy and gentleness and self-control and all those amazing things. I mean, those are simply a byproduct of relationship and a byproduct of, of spending time with God and his word and, and his people and, and allowing his love to come in and through it. So I think he captured it beautifully. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you listening, uh, this is just, these are just bite-sized nuggets that are coming from uh, the upcoming book, More Than Gold. Uh, and you can actually go onto our website at m46ministries.com. You can actually pre-order the book now, and then that will be coming out in March of this year. And you'll be able to go through that, but get yourself on that early order there, and you'll be able to do that. Um, and just as a reminder for us, our hope is that today that you will feel encouraged to renew your relationship with our Heavenly Father, that that we would remember He is a joyful God. He wants to be in relationship with you. Um, Brian, 
would you just leave us with a blessing for those of us who are trying to come out of the religion and into the relationship? Yeah, Father, we just thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, we thank you for the incredible freedom of the gospel of grace and the gospel of your kingdom. And so right now, I just bless everyone with fresh eyes to see and ears to hear the incredible gospel of grace. And Lord, right now, we just wash everyone in the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach. And Lord, we just declare freedom over them. And we just thank you, Lord, for who the sun sets free is free indeed. Shalom. Thanks for listening to the Father Pursuit Podcast. We hope this time together has inspired you to invest in your number one discipleship relationship, the one you have with your children. This is a road we walk together and we know transformed people transform people. For more resources and real life stories to give you hope for the journey, visit us at m46ministries.com. Until next time, may your pursuit be blessed.